Well, I'm glad I didn't wear a slightly lighter color red tie and a jacket today because I might have been swept up in the, the quartet, but maybe next time. Uh, would you open your Bibles, please, to Mark chapter 12? Mark chapter 12. Sorry, Mark 14. <laughs> Go to Mark 14 instead. We are uh, sharing, I'm aware of the time, we're sharing the Lord's Supper today and um, uh, we, as a church, we try to do this about once a month, partly because um, we don't want it to become overly familiar um, and mundane, and, uh, but we don't want to forget about it either because it is a very special part of who we are as a church and a, a special part of, of our um, worship service together. And you know, it's one of the ongoing practices of the church. It's something that, that we come back to time and again because it, it shapes us in certain ways. And it's important because it helps center our understanding of who we are and reminding us of who God is. You know, some, some denominations have taken this act and this moment and they it make it the centerpiece of every worship service that they have. And in many ways, it's really wonderful because everything is built around and moves toward this moment every time a worship service happens. One of the gifts of the Reformation, and as denominations began to uh, sprout up, was that uh, churches like ours began to center our time together around the Bible of God, around the Word of God, so that not to minimize this, but to amplify this, so that we would be people listening to the Word of God and sitting in obedience under God's Word. So we didn't want to neglect this. In fact, we wanted to amplify it even more. And so uh, the Lord's Supper is something really, really wonderful. And I wanted to take just a few minutes before we share in it to be reminded about why we do it and what significance is it. And uh, you know that there are two elements that we have. There's a bread and there's a cup. And those point to the sacrifice of Jesus, that He is the one who has sacrificed for us and uh, has given himself uh, in, for uh, the life that we can have in him. Let's read in Mark chapter 14, when Jesus first gave us the Lord's Supper. Mark 14, chapter, uh, verse 12. The Bible says, On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, when it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples asked him, where do you want us to go and make preparations for you to eat the Passover? So he sent two of his disciples, telling them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. Say to the owner of the house he enters. The teacher asks, Where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large upper room, furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. The disciples left, went into the city, and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus arrived with the twelve. While they were reclining at the table eating, he said, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They were saddened, and one by one they said to him, Surely not I, Lord. It is one of the twelve, Jesus replied, one who dips bread into the bowl with me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him, but woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. 
Verse 22. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, this is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, he said to them. I tell you the truth, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Father, we do pray that your word today would be living and active in our hearts, in our minds, and in our ears May we be responsive as your spirit would teach, lead, and direct us today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So bread and cup. In verse 22, it describes Jesus taking the bread, blessing the bread, breaking the bread, and then giving the bread to those circled with him. Henry Nowen and One of his books describes this movement as the way God works in our lives, that he takes your life and he blesses your life, and then he breaks and reshapes your life so that then you can be given back to the world in service to him, in a service that the world so desperately needs. Brothers and sisters, you are taken by the Lord In fact, in John 15, Jesus said that you did not choose me, but I chose you that you may bear fruit, fruit that will last. You are chosen by Christ. Amen. You have not chosen him as much as he has chosen you. You. (laughs) You are chosen. And then he takes you and he blesses you. He has prayed for you. Did you know Jesus has literally said a prayer for you? Did you know that? In John chapter 17, he has literally prayed for you. Not just a sample of how to pray. If you want to know how Jesus literally prayed, there's there's a passage in John 17 that describes, it's like you're eavesdropping on his prayer. It's like you're standing right behind him. As he's uttering this prayer, and you're hearing the things that were important to him. And he prays, and he prays for the disciples who were there with him in that moment. And then he goes on, and here's what he says in John 17. He says, my prayer is not just for them only, those who are with me right now. Listen. He says, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. In other words, as they have been taken by me, and they have been blessed by me, and they have been broken and reshaped by me, and I give them back to the world in mission for me, then those through the generations and the centuries, from that first century all the way down to the 21st century, 2018 Marin County, you and me, Jesus is now saying a prayer for you. What's he pray? He prays this. He says... My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you 
are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. So what is the prayer? That through their unity and uh, their working together, that they recognize they have been taken, blessed, broken, and given to the world for gospel witness, that in that life together, the world will see and know that Jesus is the way to God. Jesus is the one who opens up the possibility of truly and personally relating to God, that Jesus is the one. So in this movement of the Lord's Supper, Jesus takes bread, he blesses it, he breaks it, and then he gives it back to them, just like he does with your life. He has chosen you if indeed you are in Christ. He has blessed you and he has prayed for your ministry and that you too would be a gospel witness. You too would be a witness for the gospel so that the world might know that he doesn't just love you, but he also loves the world. That is a message we are to embody and to take. And then he breaks you. He, he comes and, and he reshapes you. When you take bread, and we know it in the stories when he fed the multitudes, he, he took a very small amount of fish and a small amount of bread. And, and what happened? He, he prayed a blessing over it, and then he started distributing it. And it didn't run out after the third person was uh, uh, served. It kept going and kept going, and thousands across the hillside were fed because Jesus takes that bread and he multiplies it. And that's what he does in your life and mine. Is he comes and he, he chooses you and he, he blesses you, and then he reshapes your life so that you can be given back in ministry for him. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says that we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. You've been reworked. You've been reshaped in Christ so that now you can go forth because in the choosing and the blessing and the breaking, He's reshaped you so that you can then go out and do the very things that God has in advance prepared for you to do. You now are blessed and ready and equipped to go into your world to be his ministers, taken, blessed, broken, and given. You are given to bless the world. Ken, thank you for reflecting on Matthew 28 and the call of the Great Commission to go into the world and to make disciples as we go along the way. On our Sundays together between now and the end of November, we're going to be looking at different areas of vision for the church and what we're doing in worship and some ideas for how uh, I hope we're going to be reaching more deeply into our community and how God is continually guiding us to grow in our spiritual life with Him. But today is about the Lord's Supper. Today is about being taken and blessed and broken and given. You today, this act of participating in the Lord's Supper is no mere 
just thing we do in worship. It is the ultimate person-shaping practice. This is a practice that shapes who you are as a man. It shapes who you are as a woman because it helps you understand what is real. What is real? Because your world is full of falsehood. Your world is full of idols. And these things call to your heart and to mine. And when we come to the Lord's Supper, we are reminded about what is real. When we come here, we are shaped because we are reminded about what in the world is really important. What is important in your life? And what is important to God for your life? And so no more do we live our lives just for ourselves. No more do we allow ourselves to be influenced by the the thinking of the world that that wants us to be self-centered and to wrap ourselves in ourselves. No, no. The Lord's Supper reminds us that we are clothed with Christ. We are no longer ourselves because we've been bought at a price. And so we are now to go and serve God in joy and gladness. Is anybody listening today? Can I get an amen from somewhere out there? This shapes your manhood. It shapes your womanhood because it reminds you what is real. It reminds you what is important. And it is to remind you of who you are. Who you are. You are God's beloved because you have been chosen. You are God's. You're known by God because he blesses you. That God reshapes you in the breaking, and then God has commissioned you in the giving you back to the world. New, like Christ, to go into your marriage and into your home and into your parenting and into your workplace and around your neighborhood and any part of your world, you're commissioned and given back because you're blessed as you've been chosen. So this act of the Lord's Supper is is the ultimate in personhood shaping practices, but it's also a group shaping practice. It, it is what gives shape and understanding to who we are as a people together, because in doing this together, we are reminded about who I am in relationship with other people. I am forced to ask myself how my relationships are with every one of you. And I am called to say, If there is something broken between me and you that I am to take initiative and responsibility to seek reconciliation with you, if I have been resistant to offer forgiveness, then I am compelled by Christ to forgive. I am taught in the Lord's Supper and reminded about who I am, not by myself but who I am because you and I are together, because you and you are together. We, as a church together, we are the people of God. We are a royal priesthood, as the Bible describes us. We are the body of Christ, the body of Christ, the body that was taken, blessed, broken, and given. So the church is chosen blessed, reshaped, and given on mission to the world. Your life is chosen. Your life is blessed. 
your life is reshaped to be fashioned like Jesus. And God now gives you into your life, into your world, to bear witness to the gospel. We're going to talk more in the weeks to come about how that is looking and going to look in our months and years to come. I invite the deacons to come forward. Steve, would you also? We've got a, a song that we're going to sing. It has four verses. In just a moment, we're going to sing the first verse of it, and then we will share in the Lord's Supper together. <laughs>